Father, a miracle work. God, we just thank you tonight, God. Lord, you're making ways in people's lives where there seems to have been none. God, you're moving mountains and obstacles. Lord, often behind the scenes. and God, we don't even know, Lord, that you're at work until, God, you reveal your ultimate plan. God, you're so faithful. Father, I know this is a Wednesday night, but Lord, I just pray, God, that you would minister, Lord, at home. Lord, to those that are watching online, just as if they were in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the, one of the drawbacks of having church at home is we tend to multitask. We'll have church on in the background and be doing something totally different or something else. And I just want to challenge you tonight if you're watching online or even if you're watching this after the fact and uh, later on and you're, you're watching online and just stop whatever you're doing right now. I don't know if it's possible from the angle that these cameras are, but instead of put, putting them on me, can we just put a camera for just a moment on one of the altars? Is it, can, I don't know if you get over the pews to see them or not, but if you can just focus on an altar for just a moment and I'm just going to pray. I want you to just envision yourself at the altar tonight. Just, just be in the presence of the Lord. Father, right now, God, this, Lord, I feel like the Holy Spirit is, God's speaking to us and telling us this is the year of the altar. Your, your word declares that my house will be a house of prayer. Yet many have made it a den of thieves. But God, let us return, Lord, to a house of prayer. Let's return to that Bethel. God, that, that place of encountering God face to face. Lord, I just pray, Father, that you would just bless tonight those that are watching. Encourage them through the word of God. Strengthen, Lord, for our Wednesday night Bible study. Refreshing. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. This is our Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, we've enjoyed it. We've, as you know, we've concluded last week, Second Timothy, so that over the last several weeks, we've gone through James, First Timothy, and Second Timothy. We've completed three books of the Bible. Uh, so there you go. We've done them chapter by chapter, and I enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to pause and do something a little bit different for the next few weeks. We're going to walk through uh, out of Ephesians chapter six the armor of God. And I want it to become very pragmatic, very practical uh, applications. Uh, what, what does the armor of God mean? What all the pieces kind of mean? How do we apply them? Uh, you know, why is it important? Uh, why does the Bible say put on the whole armor of God? We'll talk about that tonight. And um, actually, we're going to be kind of tag team teaching that. Pastor Dominic's going to teach some of it, yes, woohoo! And uh, I hear the virtual cheers. Oh no, that's just Pastor Dominic. Never mind. <laughs> um, then, then uh, Pastor Daniel, uh, there you go, is going to be teaching some of the armor of God, and um, 
I'll, I'll tag in a time or two as well on, on teaching some on the armor of God. But it, we want it to be something relevant and real and live and not just uh, just take it off the page and how do we apply it to our real life. And so uh, tonight my assignment is to introduce the study on the armor of God without actually getting into the armor of God. So, uh, because I don't want to take away from, the, it, it will, we'll probably pretty well dedicate a, a week to every piece of the armor, whether it's the truth, the belt of truth, whether it's the helmet of salvation, whatever, all of these, the breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, feet shedder with the preparation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll, 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 we'll walk them through uh, what all of those pieces of the armor meant and what they mean for us today. But let's look at, uh, tonight I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 6. That's where the whole study will come from, out of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. But I'm just going to read tonight verses 10 through 13 and one, ver one word out of verse 14. So verses 10 through 13 and one word out of verse 14. The Bible says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole Again, you see the emphasis. It, it said earlier, put on the whole armor of God. And Paul, again, here writing, says, take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. That's the one word out of verse 14. Having done all to stand, stand. And then we'll go into how to stand. That's what the armor of God begins to describe, what that looks like. But um, uh, that, that's where we'll end our, our introduction verses with tonight. Uh, and, and I think, first of all, I want to just jump ahead and then we'll back up. But in the last part of that, in verse 13, uh, that you may be able to withstand. That, that's an interesting word, withstand. It, it actually comes from a Greek word, uh, antihistame, which is where we get the word antihistamine, um, which is um, a, a combination of two words, anti, against, uh, histamine, to stand, or to cause to stand. So uh, just as an antihistamine uh, blocks things in our physical body, how many have ever taken antihistamine when you, you know, maybe had some sinus issues or allergies or or things going on, and you take an antihistamine to block things, in your, and it stands against these things that are a nuisance to us. Well, that's what the Bible says here, that when we put on the whole armor of God so that we will be able, it's kind of taking that antihistamine, so that we will be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy, uh, the, the attack of the, the devil, because he's going to come at you at every, at every angle, and so we have to be prepared uh, I struggle with allergies, so uh, I have to be prepared in allergy season um, to, to, 
to to take to be prepared to stand against allergies or I'm just in a mess. And so and it's kind of the same thing as a Christian. We have to be prepared to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Now let's back up verse uh, 10. It says, finding our strength. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I, I think the, as we begin to delve into the armor of God, we cannot miss out because there's a lot of uh, poetic picturing, picturesque uh, with the armor of God. You can see yourself as this mighty person standing there in the armor of God. And that's good. We need to see ourselves spiritually as a mighty person guarded, dressed in the whole armor of God. But let's not forget the strength isn't in us, but the strength is in the Lord. That we gain our strength from the Lord. Uh, can I tell you right now that if you're going to go out against the enemy, you're going to go out against Satan, you're going to go out against the wiles of sin and the wiles of the enemy, he will tear you up in your own strength. Because the devil is stronger than you are. He's been doing it a lot longer than you have. He knows how to fight on a level that you don't know how to fight. He's crueler than you are. Uh, so therefore... Don't go out and try to fight the devil in your own strength. Uh, you've probably, if you've been living for a long time, and by a long time is even as a teenager, uh, you've probably lost some battles trying to stand against the devil on your own, uh, trying to overcome temptations, trying to change uh, the way you looked at things, the way you thought about things, or, or actions that you were doing, or uh, you know, whatever the struggle is in your life. And, and you, you thought, well, I can just get strong enough and I can just learn how to fight against these things. You know, I know I can do this. And then we find ourselves failing and failing and failing. Why? Oftentimes it's because we're attempting to do these things in our own strength. And, and the Bible says that our strength has to be in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, not in our might. Listen, I, I am feeble in my own might but in God all things are possible then secondly he says put on the whole armor of God now uh, people like to pick and choose parts of the armor of God you know they they, they may want to uh, you know they, you it's possible can I tell you it's possible to learn the word of God to quote scripture and have the the, the, the sword of the Spirit to have the Word of God, but not have the helmet of salvation or the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, it's possible to have pieces and parts. It's possible to live a what most people consider a fairly righteous life, but again, not have knowledge of Scripture, not have the helmet of salvation. Uh, so it, it's possible to have parts of the armor of God and not have the whole armor of God. You know, we, in mythology, there's a character that you all probably learned about if you learned a little bit of mythology in school called Achilles. Uh, and, I, and so I want to, as we're talking about the whole armor of God, kind of think of what we'll refer to as the Achilles syndrome. Uh, because the problem is if you have a part of the armor of God but not the whole armor of God, you're still very vulnerable in certain places. Uh, and the enemy can take you down because he's going to attack you where you're vulnerable at. Um, and so I, I just, Achilles was, I'm trying to remember the 
well, Achilles. I'm trying to. I said, what was the guy? What was the kid's name? Achilles uh, uh, was dipped in the river Styx by his mother, and uh, everywhere that the water touched, he became invincible. This is mythology. This is the mythological truth. This is what they teach. Uh, so uh, everywhere that the water touched, he was he was invincible. So the water touched everywhere except where his mother was holding on to his ankles. In fact, still today, that's where they get the, uh, the, the Achilles tendon from uh, as a vulnerable spot. And, and so he could win battles and won battles and win until one day he got hit in his Achilles tendon, in, in his heel. Uh, and so that's kind of uh, what putting on the whole armor of God is so important because uh, it gives you this, if we have on a part of the armor of God, you may feel invincible, but the devil's going to hit you right where you're not. Can I tell you, the devil knows how to attack you, and it'll be different than the way he attacks me. You'll have temptations that I don't have. I'll have temptations that you don't have. So he's not, it's not, going, to, he's not going to pull out. Uh, I'm telling you, the devil could throw drugs and alcohol in front of me all day long, and I wouldn't bat an eye. It wouldn't tempt me. It wouldn't... It wouldn't it just wouldn't bother me. I could brush it aside and walk right past it. In fact, it would, it would annoy me. Uh, but uh, there are people that that would be a huge temptation for. Uh, th there are other things that the enemy could throw in front of me uh, that may be a temptation for me that you could just walk right past and brush off and wouldn't even be a problem. Uh, you know, and, and so the devil knows how to... That's why we have to put on the whole armor of God. Now, I, I'm a kind of a... I had one lady one time, you know, said that... And I think it's a good practice, so I don't want to make light of this. But her practice was every morning when she would get out of bed, she would spiritually put on the whole armor of God. She would pray, put on the helmet of salvation. She would... I don't want to go... Well, it's easy. You can read it. You, all the pieces of the armor, they'll, they'll, they'll break it down for you in the weeks to come. But all the different parts of the armor of God. But the problem with that, I told her, I said, but nowhere does the Bible say take it off. Once we put it on, we're to leave it on. Amen? Uh, we'll go, but it's okay as a practice to help remind yourself to, uh, I view it more as, I'd rather see you say, I'm going to polish up the armor of God. <laughs> I'm going to polish my breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to polish my helmet of salvation. I'm going to polish the sword. And we do that by uh, exercising and discipline spiritually and so uh we we put on the whole but you have to wear all of it every day you can't go out one day and not have not not have any part of it with us so uh we have to avoid the the whole achilles heel syndrome number three point number three we're in a spiritual battle how many knows that we're in a spiritual battle um now, the light's on back there, and I don't know which camera I'm supposed to be looking at. So, okay. Uh, so, we're, we're in a spiritual battle, not in a physical battle. And so, the, the Bible, um, it, it said, Paul, Paul writing here says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of the world. Now, can I tell you, one of the greatest tools the enemy uses against Christians is distraction. He tries to put you on the wrong battlefield while at the... Uh, how, how many have ever, you know, if you've ever studied warfare, 
uh, one one old principle of war. They'll they'll send a they'll send a, a, a decoy group over here to draw the attention of the enemy, while the real group is going in over here. Well, can I tell you that's what the devil does? And how does he do that? By getting us to fight in the flesh. We're taking the bait. We're going after the decoy group, while all the time the spiritual war is raging and we're losing that's why the bible says that we we wrestle not against flesh and blood quit doing that and it's so hard because we live in the flesh and it's so easy when people uh do things it's easy to focus our frustration and our anger at the person because that's easy for us to see but the Bible tells us that that's not where our battle is. It's not in the things that we see. It's in the things that we don't see. So instead of being angry at the person, you have to learn to be angry at the spirit that's driving the person. We live in a world of political, can I just say nutsoism? Is that a good word? <laughs> we, can, we, can put that in, um, we can put that in the dictionary somewhere on Wikipedia. Uh, and it's hard. It's hard because things that people that are opposed to our values say and do, it's hard not to get angry at that person and realize they're being driven by a spirit. And to realize we need to pray against that spirit. Well, I'm, I just put it on a political realm for you, but you can put it on a personal realm as well. Uh, the same thing with co-workers, the same thing with family members. Uh, they're often being led by a spirit that's opposing you. And if, you're, if you spend all your energy fighting in the flesh, then the devil's running rampant over you. So the Bible's telling us here, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers. Uh, you know, I'll give a plug for an uh, old book, um, here, um, this present darkness. Uh, it, it'll it'll help revolutionize. It will revolutionize your prayer life. I read it years ago, and it really uh, just transformed my prayer life because it, it, you're like seeing what's going on here, and it's like they pull the screen back, and you're seeing what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, it, it's I, I don't sell it as sounding good, but it's actually a very interesting read. It's not. It's it's kind of fictional, but it's it's pretty scriptural. So. Um, uh, you, you, can, you can read it. and I, I, Anyway, I just want to encourage you. Let's be on point. Let's be on target and wrestle against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wow. Um, wherefore, again, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Um, we, it's not going to be, and, and listen, even at best, you're going to stumble sometimes. <laughs> even at your best, you're going to stumble. So thank God for grace. At home right now, thank you, Jesus, for grace. <laughs> Just say, thank you for your grace. Because whether you know it or not, you need the grace of Jesus Christ. You need the grace of the Lord on your life. Because I don't care how strong you are spiritually, 
you're going to lose your temper sometime. You're going to say something you oughtn't say. You're going to have thoughts that are going to grow and mature into something that they ought not grow and to mature into. Uh, you're, you're going to have motive, motives that are not pure. Something in your life is going to go awry, and you're going to find yourself in the grips of the iniquity, which is just a fancy word of saying sin. Um, you're going to find yourself in the grips of sin. That's why the Bible says, having done all to stand, and that's where I want to just kind of close out with this, these thoughts tonight, having done all to stand, stand. We have a part to play. You know, we, we love the stories of Moses when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt and he comes to the uh, Red Sea and God says, okay, raise the staff. And then he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And, and we preach it. Look, all he had to do was stand there and see the salvation of God. And that's true. That was his assignment at that moment. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But can I tell you, a lot went into getting to that place. He had to fight Pharaoh. He had to believe God. He had to trust in faith. He had to take steps in faith. He had to lead the people of Israel. He had, to, uh, he, he had a lot of prayer, a lot of activity, a lot of spending time in the presence of God, a lot of um, uh, self-confidence that he didn't have had to be built back up. Uh, in, inadequacies had to be strengthened. And so uh, having done, there comes a time, and then there comes a time where he comes against the impossible. He can't do this anymore. He can't get across this river. And the enemies are coming in behind him to devour him. He's at an impossible point. That's when we've done all that we know to do, everything that we know how to do, everything that God's told us to do, then we can stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But don't stand still when there's still work to be done. Uh, standing still doesn't mean that you never have to study the Word of God. Standing still doesn't mean that you don't have to discipline yourself to have devotional time, and that you don't have to discipline yourself to gather in worship services, and that you don't have, oh, pastor, you know, I, I, that's all work, and I, I just believe that God's going to do everything for me. Listen, God's going to do everything for you. God will do the impossible, but he wants you to do the difficult. I tell people that all the time. God calls us oftentimes to do the difficult, and he'll do the impossible. We do what we know to do, and God will do the rest. Having done all to stand, Stand, therefore. And then they're going to lead us in next week to what, how we look when we're standing there. And uh, we're going to go through every piece of that and what that means and how we put it on and how it transforms our life and how it fights the enemy and how it quenches fiery darts. Every piece of the armor of God. We, we're, we, we've got some, uh, we have a, let me hold the, I'm going to give away any, secrets here but we've got some swords and we may get some other pieces of armor we're going to have some other pieces of armor in here and, and we're going to talk about what how this how this how this becomes this when we're fighting the devil uh, and, and, and we're going to look at the different uh, aspects and the different parts 
of the armor of God. If you've got some armor at your house that you want to let us use for, uh, for the Bible study, uh, then bring it in. We'll sanitize it when we're done. Uh, we'll it <laughs> when we're done. <laughs> so um, that, that'll, that'll be awesome. Listen, I want us to grow. God is calling us to a different place. We just, before this meeting, uh, before this Bible study, we just completed a, uh, an hour with the church leadership team, and we were talking about doing things that God would have us to do. And there are principles that I know. I don't have to ask God. I don't have to ask the Lord, God, is it your will for the church to disciple people? Obviously, that's the will of God. I don't have to, Lord, is it your will for the church to, you know, preach the gospel? Is it your will for, for the church to uh, reach out to the community? These are, is it your will to show the love of Christ? These are things that are pretty clear in Scripture that God intends for the church to do. So I'm not, we're not seeking God. What is it your will that the church do necessarily? But God how should the church do it that will be pleasing to you? What methodology? I tell you, methods aren't sacred to God. Church looks different now than it did a thousand years ago. Church looks different now than it did a hundred years ago. I, I remember going to Williamsburg, Virginia. Maybe some of y'all been there. It's an interesting place. I recommend it. Try to go sometime. Um, taking the tour of the whole old historic Williamsburg. And we came down to the church building. And in front of the church building was the town center. And there were stockades. And they told us, they told us, if you, uh, one of the settlers, if you missed church two weeks in a row, you had to spend a day in the stockade in the middle of the town center. Uh, I, I was thinking, man, I, I almost want to start that one back up again. <laughs> but I guess that's not really the right motivation to go to church, but it worked. Uh, I would imagine it worked. Let me tell you, I might be sick, but I'm crawling to church that second week. Uh, you know, so I'd have to spend a day in the stockade. I don't know if they had any, any way you could get a doctor's note or anything or not. But, 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 but the reality of the matter, I don't know where I was going with that. I really don't. The church is different. Thank you. Church is different now than it was, you know, in the 1800s, the 1700s. And if Jesus tarries, and personally I don't think he's going to tarry that much longer. But if Jesus tarried another hundred years, church would look different a hundred years from now than it does right now. You know, even when I was a kid, it wasn't commonplace to have churches and gymnasiums and school auditoriums. That's been something that's happened in the last, you know, few decades, last 50 years. Uh, well, I, I, I was a kid 50 years ago. I was a kid 40 years ago. So, but, uh, but it become, it's become more commonplace. And, and, and God, you know, whether it's a stained glass cathedral or whether it's a school auditorium, methodologies mean so little. The method means so little to God. 
as long as the principles are there. Why? Because what are we doing? We're fo focusing on the physical. And the Bible says, quit it. Quit it. Our battle's not in the physical realm. Our world is not in the... I thank God for this. People come in there. It's not a large church, but people come in there, they always just compliment. It's such a beautiful little sanctuary. And, and I think they're sincere. And I think it is. I, I think it's an awesome little sanctuary. I love it. But you know what? They don't impress God much. You know, I, I go in uh, churches where they've spent tens of millions of dollars on... I, Many churches I go into have spent more on their sound equipment than we've spent on our building. That don't impress God much. He's not opposed to it. If it if it helps, if it's a vehicle that helps promote the gospel, but let's not lose focus. And, and so let's make sure that we're doing what God has called us to do. And that's what the armor of God's all about. Walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit. You're living this thing out, having done all to stand, church. I want to make sure when we're done, we've done everything we know to do to stand. We're, we're, we're in the series of rebuilding on Sunday morning. And so we're kind of standing back up as a church. And I want to make sure that at some point we can say, Lord, we've done everything we know to do to stand. Now we're standing we need the miracle power of God to roll out. And that's where God will show up. Amen.